That is a great line, Ray Warren. You can turn the light out now. It's round 26. You can nearly turn the light out on the 2017 season. That's incredible. We're at the end now. Well, the end of the regular season. Uh, we're looking forward to the semi-final and the grand final that's coming up. It's the Big League Magazine Run to the Finals podcast. I'm here with Maria Cialis, the editor of Big League Magazine, and Pam Whaley, senior writer. Good day, girls. <laughs> do I, I, I say morning? Do I give away what time sir. we're doing this? Yeah. Oh, hello. Good day, lady. Good day. Uh, what, what caught the eye around 25, Pam? The incredible wingers that we have in this game. Oh, yeah, Semi Radradra, um, Jordan Rapana. Uh, oh, well who else done. have we well got? Done. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Jeez. Josh Incredible. Yeah, yeah. It, they are. They're so exciting. And the whole try scoring race and all that. That's. I. Um, the Panthers giving their fans another week <laughs> of uh, high blood pressure. <laughs> I really feel for them because they could have. They had every opportunity. They could have won that. They got to the 10 metres and then it was just like, bah? And everybody looking at each other and mm. don't know what to do. And so now they go to Brookvale and it's going to be a big day. They're going to be farewelling Brett Stewart, Steve Maddai. Everyone's ah, going to be really emotional. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. The too. last team he'd want to play is, is Manly at oh. well, Lotto Land, as we now call uh, it. And the Storm anyway. Uh, yeah. Playing for you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, playing for you. Uh, it's just incredible, finals. wasn't it? A massive crowd out there at Penrith. And then they all went, yeah, T-shirt where they're great. Then the cold change came in and they went, <laughs> half of them left, <laughs> I think, uh, based on the score as well. I can't believe that this is... That Josh Dugan misses the bus. Like it's 2017, mm-hmm. right? He misses mm-hmm. the bus. He's a mature player. He's a leader. He is one of the guys you look to in these times and he misses the bus. All right. And that's not the first time I don't think with Josh because he missed the plane the week before. That's more concerning. A bus, okay, you're stuck in traffic or you're, uh, I don't know. Really? Someone's like, okay, no, probably not. But how do you miss a plane with your teammates that's right. that you're staying at the same hotel with? That's I have right. questions. I'm sure you've got a bus out there to the to the uh, yes. plane as well. So to there's two fair, buses. Sydney Transport is very unreliable. It's very so unreliable. I, I mean, I feel yeah. you, Josh. So you know what? Traffic, <laughs> in, terrible. In the, in the words of the great Jack Gibson, he used to say, you know, oh, I, there's there's no excuse. You take out insurance. So if you think you're going to be, you, you need to be there at three, then you plan to get there at 2.30. Mm-hmm. Is you take out some insurance. If you get a flat tyre or... You, uh, it reminds me of the story he told. There was a, a player who came to see him and said, uh, you know, he said, why are you late for training? He said, oh, my, my sister had a, a baby. So and, he's, and he said, I felt like giving him the year off to look after it. <laughs> 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 he didn't, though. He just sent him to reserve <laughs> for that week. Uh, all right, let's get into some of the headlines that have been through the week. And one of them has been Josh Dugan and whether you should play him or shouldn't play him. I'll ask you girls, Pam, would you, if you're Paul McGregor, do you pick Josh Dugan in your side? Yes, because I think if he's going to... But if they're going to make the finals, he's going to be there in the finals. I think he served his punishment. They sent a strong statement mm. uh, on what they expect from their um, highest paid players, their best player, arguably, in their team. I think they've sent that statement. Um, they've sent that message and he should just play this week. Maria? And I think Paul McGregor did the right thing by um, letting the senior group sort of have their say. Agree. And and if they've also decided, because at the end of the day, they're the people who have to trust him the most and vice versa. So mm. if they think he's okay to play, then um, it should be all good. Personally, I wouldn't have him. No? No way. No way. You compromise every standard that you've set, that you reached last week and you had the win. Like you had the win. Like just cherry on top. With that really tough decision that you made with your senior group, you went out there and you win. That's cherry on top. Yes, we did the right thing, and then you bring him back in. Not sure. Not sure about. Well, actually, I am sure. Uh, I do wouldn't you think do that's it. harsh, though. I mean, you yep. get twenty-four games a year yep. that you can play for your club, and he's already missed one. 
um, through yep. discipline. He's not there next year. He won't no. be the right centre. He won't be the fullback for them next year. But they, but the, the, it's 2017. Yes, but they, they won. Correct, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win this week. I understand that, but they won. Like, <laughs> I, I just think, you know, next time that a player goes, oh, well, if I do that, I'll only miss one game. I don't think no anyone's saying only one game though, because mm. that's a that's a harsh that's harsh to cop one game when they're playing for their spot in the finals. Yeah, you're right. I think just, that's tough. Just one game. Anyway, um, there you go. Um, a bit more maternal, you girls, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Give Josh a bit of a hug, right, oh, mate? Out you go again. Go. Have Good luck chance, with that one. Mate. Good luck with that one. Hey, now that we, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, I think about the demise of the Western Force and what the opportunity was for the National Rugby League. Now we already know there's a State of Origin game going to uh, Perth in 2019. Now we know that to start 2018, there's a double header over there. The Bulldogs and the Rabbitohs are going to host games. We're not sure mm-hmm. just who they will be against. Thoughts on, well, it's it's uh, it's it's a, a spread of the wings by deception almost. I think it's fantastic. Um, and obviously they're getting in there before the AFL because the NRL starts earlier. So the AFL won't get their big... Um, we're the first game we're the that's first ever played. Game yeah, yeah. Uh, nope. <laughs> um, so it was a great move, I think. And the fans seem to, at least on social media, um, be quite resistant at first. But I think a lot of people have come around. And I, I think we underestimate how many NRL fans there actually are in Perth. Totally. Um, we at, at Big League get a lot of people going, what? We can't get the mag. We can't get the mag. We can't, like, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and, I mean, personally, I, I won't be able to because I'll be working. But I would love to go over. I think it would be a really great time. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be amazing. And I think it, you said it right that there's a lot of fans, NRL fans in Perth, but there's a lot of en- potential NRL fans in Perth, which yes. I think is the biggest yes. issue there. So I think it's fantastic. One home game for each club taken over there is not that bad in the grand scheme of things. If they can potentially get more memberships out of it, more fans, when, more... When the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the, the Bulldogs are drawing less than 10,000 people at ANZ Stadium and then people get upset about a game going to Perth, you've lost me. Yeah, exactly. Like, get to the games. Yep, mm. South Sydney have the, the lowest average home crowd record of anybody. And yet they have the highest membership. So work it out. You know what that that's saying? They're getting bad time slots. When I say bad, bad for fans, good for... TV, uh, TV mm-hmm. but they're getting bad time slots that fans can't make, uh, and that's going to put massive pressure on South Sydney because those those you always get a churn every year, ten or fifteen percent, whatever it is. Those ones who might be twenty percent this year, might be twenty five percent this year for the Rabbitohs because people say, you know what, I can't even get to those games, so what would I buy a membership package? Yeah, exactly. so that's the challenge. I think it's fantastic. Go to Perth, win over the locals. You're right. There's rugby league fans there, and there's future rugby league fans there as well. And you can all remind them about the fact that, oh, by the way, the Western Force is not playing in the Super Rugby competition this year. Okay, but we are. We're we're around, and and you can support us. So I, I agree. I think that's a a fantastic thing. Now this try scorer race we touched on a little bit earlier. Uh, let's go through the list as we as it stands. Alex Johnson's on 22, along with. Suliasi Vunivalu. So Alex Johnson not playing this week. Suliasi Vunivalu against the Raiders. Jordan Rapana is third with 20 tries. Josh Adokar, 19. And Semi Radradra, after his four tries, nearly five against the Broncos. You can't discount him at 17 either. I think it's been one of the highlights of the year, and especially at the pointy end now, just who is going to be the leading try scorer. Absolutely. I kind of feel sorry for Alex Johnston because you know if he was playing, he'd be getting a few more just to... Just somehow. To, <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Although wouldn't have last week, right? No, <laughs> that is that is true. No, no, no. Um, I love watching those Storm guys um, play. God, they're good. I wish they played for my team. <laughs> 
they're great. And you see that those um, those wingers, they go down to Melbourne and they really flourish. Uh, and they're exactly what Melbourne need to be able to put the polish on the end of all that hard work that they do. So uh, I love this race. I think it's fantastic. I can't wait to see who finishes top try scorer because it's going to be a great it's going to be a great winger. Suliasi Vinavalu hadn't played rugby league up until three years ago. It's insane. Mm. Like, this is ridiculous. Have you seen, like, just check him out from round seven last year when everyone saw him at Leichhardt Oval and he got a couple of tries, including one with his first touch. And now you look at the physical development that he's undergone in that 18-month period and you think, where's it end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, where does it end? They had this shot a few weeks ago when he was standing next to Cooper Cronk and right. um, it was just, I couldn't believe how much he towered over him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's... He's thickening up, you know, through that power mm, base of yeah. backside and the quads and everything, which the funny thing is Josh Adokar doesn't have, but he's just got speed. Yeah, just and what about – speed. I mean, he was good at the West Tigers, but he was kind of floating around, fringy, first grader, and then he goes down there and he just kills it, I like lo- everybody who goes down there does. Yeah, yeah, and I love the story about you know, Josh Adokar and his celebrations after scoring tries for the West Tigers. He'd be up mm-hmm. and yeah, all this stuff in front of the face and all that sort of thing. Yeah. The first thing that a representative – I haven't been told who the representative was, but Craig Bellamy is a very short price favourite. The first thing is, <laughs> when you score a try for this club, you recognise the contributions of every one of your teammates for you to yes. score that try. Then you can do your own celebration. And you watch him now when he celebrates. He turns around and just can't wait for the team to embrace him. I think it's such a small thing, but it's huge in the development of, of mm-hmm. uh, Josh Adokar as a player. So there's some of the big stuff. Oh, just quickly, Scott Penn has had a bit of a go at the Rugby League Players Association. I know you said last time, oh, we're little, this is a little bit boring and I wasn't bored by it. <laughs> now I'm officially bored by it. I'm so bored by this. Let's just get it over and done with. Yeah. Get it done. Get it done. It's non-financial things that they're talking about. So uh, understand that the players have those needs. I'm still a fan of, of the players getting their way on this. Absolutely. I think everyone is. I th- that's the thing. I think everyone is. It's just it t- it's turning in. It's just a slinging match. It's every day. Yeah. Someone's having a say. Someone's having a dig. Someone is criticising this. Just get it done. Like, I'm sick of it. <laughs> Big League Magazine run to the finals podcast. Looking at round 26, we've got our Big League Magazine. Oh, Cameron Smith's on the cover. Just out of interest, how many times has Cameron Smith featured on the cover of Big League Magazine? Question without notice. In general, over the course of 15 years? Yes. Oh, a million. A million. Yeah. It's a lot of magazines. It would be like three or four this year already. No, he's only been on twice this year. Oh. Really? Yep. Um... But on average, you'd say three. Oh, if you could include the grand final program. I was going to say, what chance the big league annual who will yeah. be on the cover of that yes, one look, too yep. as Still well? Semi-finals to come, semi-finals, all the finals. Yeah. Um, so why is he on the cover this time, Maria? Uh, this week he equals Darren Lockyer's all-time appearances oh. record of 355 games. Yeah. Um, he, we talked to uh, Ben Lonigan, our journalist, talked to Matt Geyer and um, – Adam O'Brien, the assistant coach down there. Yes, yes. Um, and I thought this was a really beautiful quote by Matt Guyer. He says, when I grew up, Brett Kenny was my hero. I'm not saying that I saw Brett Kenny and Cam straight away, but there is a likeness. They're both lu- lucky that rugby league was invented because that's what they're good at. <laughs> it's like they were made to play the game or the game was made for them to play. Yeah, right. Oh, that is oh nice that's very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's been a leader at the Melbourne Storm from pretty much the first time he's walked into the club, uh, which is just incredible. You know, 355. And he doesn't get a rest. Mm-mm. He doesn't take time off. And the other thing about it, I thought Corey Parker was the best player that I'd seen after 300 games, as in his level, he improved after 300. Like Darren mm-hmm. Lockyer had played 300 games and Terry Lamb with the 300 games. They were good before their 300 and they maintained that level. Um, some drop away. Others don't. But 
Cameron Smith is getting into that elite class where his game is improving. Of all the accolades that he's won, his game is improving after game 300. Now it's improving after game 350, which is just phenomenal. Yeah, and you think by that point you just feel like, I've got this, I'm all good, don't need to train. No, he no, has, no, no, But no. he's so such a determined person and working on himself constantly, I think that's very admirable. Mm. He never appears frustrated or tired or angry, really. He just seems like he appreciates his opportunity and uh, that is the most refreshing thing about him, I think. Yeah, just incredible. All right, Holden Cup. We're we saying goodbye to the Holden Cup. It's been 10 years, Holden Cup slash Toyota Cup. Uh, it's been, I mean, it, it should be this way, but... It's been a great competition in that there is you see early the stars that are going to come through. I remember last year calling a Holden, uh, yeah, Holden Cup game and Nick Kotrick played. And he was an under-18s player playing in the under-20s and you just went, oh, hang on, something special about this bloke. And now you see he's progressed that to NRL level. That's right. It, yeah, it's it's obviously not all of the uh, players, which has kind of been uh, something that people have talked about. But I started covering the Holden Cup in 2010. Yeah. In that time, we did profiles on uh, Kieran Foran, Daly Cherry Evans, Darcy Lussick, Jared Croker, um, Jared Kennedy, yeah. Matt Dufty. Yep. Um, so many players who managed to overcome what people think is the bad things about the Holden Cup, you know, the defensive side of it, um, to make it to the NRL. So that's slowed down a lot in the past few years because... I think coaches have realised they need to get them into reserve grade before they go to first grade. Yep. Um, but it's really fun to go through all the old mags and yeah. just, oh, Bryce Cartwright, Jamal Idris, Ben Barber. Remember when he was killing yes. us? Ben Madalino yes. as well. As ben yeah, oh, so many. Um, uh, Bulldogs fans were going nuts why Ben Barber wasn't coming into first grade at the time. Yeah, right. But he yeah. obviously had a, a few things to fix up. Sure. Um, it's been great to watch over the years. I'm excited to see what happens now. Um, maybe things will be a bit more even. I don't know. Pathways are interesting, aren't they? And and you're mm. quite right, Maria. That there's no doubt that player uh, the coaches want to see them against the men, not just the boys. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. I think the the pathways are something that's really needed to be fixed up for for quite some time because it, it's not quite clear how to make it. Uh, so yeah, I am excited to see how how it goes next year and and what they make of this. If it's a more kind of cohesive, if it's more linear. Um, what that is going to do for the reserve grade teams and the state cups be very interesting. Yeah, what, how that looks uh, will be fascinating. I'll never forget watching Roger Tuivasa-Sheck in a uh, Holden Cup game. And he was he, he, he the ball went behind him. It was a bad pass. And an opposition player picked it up and started to run away. And, and he turned and chased. And I'm pretty sure this was a semi-final. He turned and chased, caught him and stole the ball. Like the, the thought around, not <laughs> a, you know, everyone's thinking, oh, I hope I get him. He's yeah. thinking, when I get him, I'll get the ball that as well. Fine, yeah. uh, you just It just revealed how he thinks about the game. So uh, fascinating. Now, everyone's excited if you're an Eels fan, right, uh, that, that they're going to do something, especially after that big win last week against the Broncos. And Peter Sterling's weighed into this topic as well, Pam. Uh, yeah, he has. Um, this is a, The Eels are obviously having a sensational season this year. Um, Peter Sterling is one of their greats. So he has been a little bit critical, I think, of Mitch Moses in the past, I believe. Um, and he's finally given him his tick of approval that he's going to be the man or he's been the man that the Eels have missed. They missed him at the start of the year. They needed someone like him to partner Corey, Corey Norman there in the halves. And he has really kicked along since he came along to Parramatta. 
Yeah, and it, it, it is hard to get the tick of approval from Sterlo. Um, so <laughs> Mitch has done a great job. He, is, um, he has been playing phenomenally. I think for someone who switched mid-year, take, go into a new club with a new system, new coach, all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, I think he needed it to kind of yeah. show what he's about. Um, he's only 23 as well, so he's got plenty of time ahead of him. I think Brad Arthur is the perfect kind of yeah. coach for someone like that because he's just no nonsense. He just doesn't care about any of the other crap that goes on as long as you put in all, you know, all of your effort and you're doing your best. Um, that's all he asks for. And Mitchell Moses had to be one of those players where his worst performance was not as far away from his best right. performance. Uh, yeah. you know, he had to gain a level of consistency and the, the beauty of it, he's done it up at the upper echelon of what he can do. And the other thing is he's not missing as many tackles. Yeah. Like that, it's so basic, Simple. but it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it's going to be um, the key to him being a strong contributor to the Eels through the rest of 2017 and beyond. All right, let's have a look at the games for round 26. Traditionally, the Cowboys beat the Broncos over the last few years has just been as good a football as you could ever hope to watch. I, I don't get the feeling we're going to get a similar game, but these teams uh, um, pretty much deliver whenever, don't they, Pam? They really do. I feel like we are going to get a similar um, wow. similar performance. Uh, well, at least I hope so. I mean, if you look back over the past, I think it's their past five games, so they've been decided by one point, four points, one yes. point, one point, yes. <laughs> three points. Oh, sorry, one point, uh, four points. One of points. those was a grand final. Yeah, <laughs> yeah time, just yeah. incredible. And I feel like we're going to get that again. I think the Cowboys have, although they've been busted and we've said it so many times, they've been brave. Um, they don't have as much punch through the middle, which yeah. sounds crazy, even though they've got Jason, Jason Tamalolo there. Um, but the Broncos are going to be really determined, I think, after they were so embarrassed last week after what happened to them. Um, against the Eels. So I think this is going to be a really, really cracking game. And it looks like the Sam Friday at Hooker experiment <laughs> might be over up there. Thanks I think that's Corbin out of necessity Sims. though. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, um, and after last week, the Broncos, if they want to really make a statement and get into the grand final, um, they have to win this against an understrength Cowboys. Tavita Pangai, Joe Offengawe back in that uh, extended bench. How's his Benji Marshall? How's he going to use him, Coach Bennett? Um, I just, I'm just such an admirer of what the Cowboys have done over mm-hmm. the last four or five weeks. I know they haven't won those games, but gee, hanging in there. Down 14-6 against the West Tigers. So I think they can get, that'd be an upset. I think they can get the job done at home up there on Thursday. Eels v Rabbitohs, only game on Friday. Uh, and this one's at ANZ Stadium. So much confidence in the Eels. Surely they just blow the Rabbitohs away, Maria? I am a bit concerned because I thought they would do that to the Knights, for example. Mm. Um, and they mm. sort of came in probably with not the right attitude. I'm not saying that will happen again. I can't imagine Brad Arthur would let it happen again. Sure. But, um, you know, you, you you can't, even though they got beaten 64-6, I don't think you can really underestimate the Rabbitohs. Before that, the month leading into that, they are actually quite good. In saying that, I'm tipping the Eels. It seems like the obvious choice there. Yeah, I think that Knights loss is their only loss in, I think, the past eight games or so. I think they're going to kick on with this and kick on quite well. I think they need to. They obviously made a huge statement against the Broncos last week, but um, consistency is what they need. They can't drop another game against a team that's outside the eight if they want to be anything in these finals. I agree with you, Pam. Eels comfortably, which means they finish in the top four. Special mention to Angus Crichton, the season that he's had, and the chase on Suliasi Vunavalu, like just ridiculous. Your Who knew he was that fast? Oh, no. hey, he oh, made no. Suli kind of look like he was trotting. Yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Like in this quicksand. Um, <laughs> Roosters Titans, this is Saturday afternoon out there at Allianz Stadium. It's 
just a win for the Roosters, right? Uh, yes, this is this is what the Gold Coast have in their casualty ward. Conrad Hurrell, Ryan James, Dale Copley, Nathan Pates, Chris McQueen and Jared Wallace. <laughs> um, that's the core of their team. Um, Hang on, Jared Wallace is in the other – he's suspended, so he's, it, a, well, look, he's separated he's a from the injured ward. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Roosters, I, I don't think there's any way you couldn't pick them. Yeah, well, the Roosters do need to win this as well, I think, to make a, a nice statement to kind of heading into the finals – um, I think any of the any of the teams that are heading into the finals or are a shorter place in the top eight really need to win this week um, to set themselves up. You don't you don't necessarily want to go into the finals uh, on the back of a loss, so uh, they should definitely win this. The Titans are way depleted. I think they, yeah, I don't know. I just feel really I feel really sorry for the Titans. Um, I hope it's not too much of a thrashing, but I think it will be. Not, I hope it's not terminal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tough, ugly, dumb win from the Roosters last week against the Sharks, and they still got the job done. One mm-hmm. player short in the last 10 minutes. I thought that was a fabulous performance. This is big. Seagulls, Panthers, Lotto Land. What happens? Pam. Uh, this, is the, this is the game of the round that I don't really know. I think it's going to be Manly because right. I think Dylan Edwards is a huge loss for the Panthers. True. Uh, and that's my only reasoning. I think mainly at home, um, it's going to be a great Saturday, huge occasion, as Maria was saying before, they're farewelling um, to great stars. It's going to be a huge occasion there for Manly. I think they're going to get the job done. Uh, yeah, that's that's my only reasoning. No, no Dylan Edwards. They're a little bit broken, the Panthers. I think they're going to drop this one. I flipped a coin and came up with Panthers, basically. <laughs> right. Um, that's, it's, I really don't know. Um, I was very concerned with Manly up until that last bit of uh, play against the Warriors last week. Um, yeah, that's it. Panthers just because heads came up. Panthers lose, they can miss the eight. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Panthers yeah. lose, they can miss the eight. Um, Seagulls lose, they can miss the eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago we were talking about Panthers at the top four? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that gives you an understanding. Uh, I agree with you about Dylan Edwards being out, but Dean Farrow, I don't expect him to play fullback. I don't know who will play fullback, but um, you just see that Matty Moylan's name in. Dallin. Dallin yeah, yeah, and, and Farrow is, is a centre I, I have great regard for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matty Moylan named in the extended squad. He This is a type of game where you go, you know what, yeah, we'll put it on the line. Yeah. We'll put yeah. it on the line. Well, um, it is on the line. That's the thing. That's right. The whole season's on the line. So All or nothing. You've got to throw it all in. Um, Manly have found a way to win games this year, and uh, given the fact I'm the uh, paid-up president of the Tom Trebojevic fan <laughs> club, I think Tommy T does it again for them at Brookvale. Storm Raiders. Fascinating to see what Craig Bellamy does with his stars here, Maria. He's done it in the past. He's rested them. Do you expect it again? Well, uh, Karen Smith got an early shower last week. Yes, he hates um, them. He hates them. <laughs> I, I don't think he will rest them. Mm. Um, I think he probably wants to make a bit of a statement, which he can do against the Raiders, um, considering they're out of the finals. Um, and Cooper Cronk got a rest a couple of weeks ago. If he anything, did. maybe maybe Slater will sit this one out. Um, but I, I mean, you'd fully just expect the Melbourne Storm to kill it. Oh, and they're celebrating Cooper Cronk's last home game. They don't miss um, those milestones. So they love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 I expect them to rest at least one of them, whether it be Cooper or Billy. I don't think Cameron is going to be rested. He might be get put on the bench a bit early, get taken off. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, I am actually really excited for this game because remember last year, this was just, this was the game of the year last yes. year for me. And yes. 
I just the semi final. Yes, unbelievable. Um, game. It was just incredible. So yeah. I I cannot wait for this game. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. Um, I think Melbourne are going to win because they've only lost what four games this year. So. I think that's that's pretty natural, but I hope the Raiders can really put it to them. They have nothing to lose, the Raiders, and when oh, they have yeah. nothing to lose, they can play the football that no other team can play in the mm-hmm. competition, and maybe you see that. Um, I'd be Billy Slater. If he, they're saying that round one next year will be two hundred, it will be his three hundredth game if he plays every game, and uh, so they're talking about when that actually happens. So whether they actually rest him now and home games, if that and all if that, that happens, sort of that will be Jonathan Thurston and Billy Slater playing their three hundredth in round one next year. Oh, what uh, a storm for the Cowboys! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. probably storm Broncos would be the first one. We'll anyway. Write a letter to someone and make it happen. Yeah, great. yeah. Uh, People listen to me. <laughs> Put a return address on it just in case. <laughs> uh, Night Sharks. Uh, this is the Sunday game up there at McDonald Jones Stadium. Yeah, a few people. Um, Sione Matoti obviously sitting out again because of the concussion. Knights a bit under strength. Sharks um, after last week. God, they need to really um, get a great win. So you got to go for the Sharks. Hopefully it's not. I don't think it'll be as big of a score as probably what people are expecting. But um, Sharks down there, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. This is Old Boys Day at Newcastle. This is always a big day for them. They're celebrating the 97 uh, premiership. So all of those players are coming back. They're going to oh. present them the, with That's their jerseys cool. and stuff like that. So it'll just be a great day down there. Um, yeah, as you said, uh, Sione Mataudi out, Daniel Safidi out as well. He'll also be out of the World Cup because he has to have surgery on his shoulder. So that's a bit disappointing for him after such a great year. But, yeah, the Knights are a little bit depleted. Sharks to um, – they need to get a win. They have lost to the Sharks last year by 62 points, and that was mm. at, um, up in Newcastle, and then 32 points. This year they lost to them by one point, and I think that's a reflection of how far Newcastle have come. Definitely. The Sharks to win that one, no problem. Uh, Dragons up against the Bulldogs. This is another one of the blockbusters, Pam, of this round. Josh Dugan is playing. Josh Dugan is playing. Well, he's been named anyway, yes. so let's see if he, ca- if he can get the bus to ANZ Stadium. Fingers crossed he can do that. <laughs> Uh, if not, I think that the train transport's quite good out there. Yeah, it is. A uh, good day, yeah. Either way, yes, this is a huge, hugely important game. If the if the Dragons win, they make the top eight. Although the Bulldogs have had much improved uh, performances in the past few weeks, I think the I think the Bulldogs are going to get them. The Bulldogs or Dragons? I think the Bulldogs. Are you think get the, the Bulldogs? Yeah. Wow. I think really? it, I think it's going to happen. The I got a feeling the Dragons have a real problem with the Bulldogs. Like a lot of people. <laughs> but, Sorry, did uh, I say that out loud? Oh, jeez. Um, they, they have a real problem beating them. They've only beat them once in their past 10 games. Um, uh, yes. They beat see. them earlier in this earlier this year, full-strength team, and the, the dogs were going terribly at the time. Um, I'm tipping the Bulldogs, and it's probably the first time I've come in confidently. You've come, you, Bulldogs with confidence. Mm-hmm. So Bulldogs, Bulldogs, oh, Dragons, too much to play for. They'll probably uh, lose now. Yeah, Sorry, well, guys. Dugan, you know... I, all eyes on Josh Dugan in this game. Um, I, I just think that, that they win it because, you know, the, the, as I say, there's too much to play for. Uh, West Tigers versus the Warriors. This is – oh, by the way, this is a game we're putting on a Sunday at the Leichhardt Overland. Can you just, <laughs> just get it done and then we'll finish the regulation and tie it in oh, a bow yeah. and put it in a box and get it out of the way? Um, the Warriors, I think their, their coach said last week that they're, they're just missing something. They're missing the – Who's their the coach this week? Um, Stephen Stephen King. King. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still, he's there. He's still there. Just clarify. I was like, oh, maybe something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they are missing something, and I think it's too late to find that something uh, right now. They're coming to Australia. They're going to Leichhardt Oval. 
the West Tigers have been great. So you think they finish on a high, send their guys out on a high. I completely agree. Nothing has changed since we said a couple of weeks ago that Stephen Kearney's coaching record is still four away wins in his entire coaching career. So I think that that... uh, Huh. With that said, wow. West Tigers are going to win. I think they've been great over these past couple of weeks. The Warriors were obviously good against Manly last week, but I I can't see them winning this. Goodbye, Teddy. Goodbye, Woodsy. Hello, mm-hmm. Elijah Taylor. Those three things mean, I think, a West Tigers victory. There you go. They are the eight games coming up to round out, not just round 26, but the entire season of the National Rugby League. Big League Run to the Finals podcast. Time now for our special guest. Very special guest indeed. One of the many players from the National Rugby League who was calling it quits after a long and an illustrious career, Dave Shillington, who of course played for Australia and played for Queensland. has been good enough to join us on the line. G'day, Dave. G'day, g'day. Uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, just, just before we find out what you're up to now and what, what the plans are for the future, let's take a little bit of a look back, mate. Um, a career highlight. It's you know I mentioned played for Australia, played for Queensland. Is it is there one moment, time, game that stands out? Uh, it is hard to pick, but I think um, I think a year, the twenty ten year, uh, for me as a player and and for the teams I was in, we did did quite well at the Raiders. Uh, we had a bit of a late uh, winning streak and went on through to the finals, uh, which is pretty rare down there in Canberra to make the finals. Um, for Queensland, we had a three-nil whitewash over New Zealand, uh, over not New Zealand, New South Wales. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> move on from that. <laughs> Mentioned that one. Um, and I got to, uh, I got a couple of awards at the end of the year, so uh, it was a pretty, pretty uh, phenomenal sort of year. And I look back on it pretty fondly. What's the uh, transition into retirement been like? I know it was at the beginning of the year, but was it difficult to get out of that, you know, team environment? Obviously, you were part of for so long, and, and go off on your own. Yeah, I think um, because it was at the beginning of the year, they actually made it a bit harder for me. Um, I officially retired in January and um, I was still, I was negotiating my release and getting all my medical reports together and uh, still going to training every day. And then all of a sudden, one day it was all approved and I was retired. So I woke up in the morning and I still had my training bag ready to go in my bedroom. And um, But then I didn't have to go training anymore. I was like, oh, wow, what do I do now? So... It's a pretty pretty weird experience, uh, but um, I was also very lucky that the um, the NRL uh, gave me a job as an ambassador for a while on a casual basis, and then I went to work um, for the full time as well there for a, for a few months. So um, jumping into a new job and having something to do really helped uh, fill that gap and gave me gave me um, uh, something to feel something fulfilling to do. And um, yeah, so it was a bit weird, but uh, thankfully I found my feet fairly quickly. What was the what was the issue around your retirement? I get were there injuries that you had? Like was the body just like not coping with it? What what kind of happened? Yeah, my um my performances were just dropping off the last couple of years, and I was I was injured almost half a year for about the last three years, really. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not you know the type of player I want to be, and not the type of player that the club needs me to be. Um, so I could have kept uh, battling on this year and um, played a handful of games, I reckon. But, um, you know, attacking-wise, I could still run the ball, um, you know, strongly. But um, defensively, it was just um, – I, I had two shoulder operations and um, they found there was only about 40% of my um, right right pectoral muscle left, worn away all these years after I think it was five or six um, tears. So um, with that in mind, yeah, I just I couldn't tackle very well, to be honest. And 
at the front row, you need to be. If you're right to play down the wing, I could miss as many tackles as I want. No one yeah. Can... yeah. <laughs> uh, the front row, uh, there's no excuses there. So, Hey, Dave, had you been preparing for time after football? Had you been doing any training? I know it's mandatory now for those guys who come through the system, but you're a bit earlier than that. Have you got something, uh, uh, qualification behind you? Yeah. Um, I always had a bit of an iron retirement, to be honest, because of all the warnings you know to be prepared and um, yeah. there's a lot of talk around that um so yeah i, I did some business studies um i didn't have a lot of confidence to study but so i just started small and did my certificates first uh then upgraded into a diploma and then i was chipping away at my uh, business degree uh when i retired um so that was good to have a little bit of sure. study behind me i did some study in finance as well um and but yeah even having that sort of um, study and experience behind you it is still pretty daunting going into the real world because you don't have a lot of um, practical experience. Of course. Um, I was quite nervous um, my first day at work uh, with the NRL, um, just doing the simple things like using photocopiers, faxing. <laughs> um, Getting coffee. Typing up emails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those general uh, office duties, uh, obviously I, I picked it up quite quick. It's nothing technical, but it was still a little bit daunting because you spend your days foot, bad footy, um, you know, running around the field, kicking the ball, in the gym lifting weights, um, you, you're never doing that you know, office, office type work. So uh, I'm glad I did some sort of study, but it, it was still a bit scary, um, regardless. Um, you were recently appointed um, to the Men's League up in Queensland. What's uh, what's life like for you now, like day to day when you go to work? Uh, I'm really enjoying this new role. Actually, um, I've always enjoyed um, the sort of the community um, give back style jobs and uh, things like that. So uh, Men's League. Yeah, they're right at the top of that list. When you think about that sort of stuff, they um, they do incredible work uh, supporting the men, women and children rugby league and um, that, the opportunity came up to be the Queensland manager for them and um, really you know, make a bit of an impact uh, on the community through that work. So yeah, I jumped on and I was very lucky to get that job and um, there's, there's, a, there's a few key staff up here in the office that... Um, that have been around for a while and do a magnificent job and they're good people, so that make it re- makes it really easy for me. Um, and they know where my, my strengths are too um, with uh, and what I'm good at and what my weaknesses are too, you know, admin-wise. So they're happy to help out and work with me there and, and I'm thankful for that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, the months rolling in and sinking my teeth into it and, and uh, being a big part of what Men League do. Dave, do you still keep an eye on the footy and um, kind of what are your thoughts on the competition and, and who do you think is going to take it out this year? Yeah, no, I still um, I still enjoy my footy. It's, um, I watch it from a, a different point of view these days, actually, which is good. Um, being based here in Brisbane, most of my mates are one-eyed Broncos fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love it or not. But uh, so I go to the stadium with them. Suncorp's obviously a great place to watch the footy and uh, we have a beer and and um, I sort of half cheer on the Broncos a little bit. But uh, just, just more and go and enjoy with my mates. And um, and speaking of them, I reckon, you know, they're they're a pretty good shot this year. They're um, it's hard to think of who will, who can knock off Melbourne. You know, they're just head and shoulders above other teams, I think. Um, but uh, the Broncos, I think, would be the closest to uh, giving them a run for the money come grand final day. So... Um, that would be my grand final prediction. Um, so, I've, yeah, I've enjoyed watching those couple of teams play and I'm looking forward to the, the grand final, whoever it might be in there. Dave, got to ask you, best way forward for the Titans? Oh, geez. Yeah, they need to make a few changes. Um, I feel 
feel for Neil Henry. I thought he was a good man, a good coach. Um, he was building a, a no-frills, hard-working sort of squad there for a while, and um, obviously yeah, things didn't quite work out that way and continue on with what he was doing this year. Um, so, look, he had a real tough job there. When, when I first came up to the Titans, they were still using the Burley Bears facilities, and I'd um, heard stories of um, shift and training facilities day-to-day after different scandals they'd had and needing to move on. And yeah. It sort of just just settled in this Parkwood, um, the new Parkwood setup they got, which is which is state of the art. But he just settled into that, and now he's now he's been moved on, Neil. So he had to overcome a lot, and um, he deserves a lot of credit for what he did. Um, but so yeah, they definitely need some changes. Probably bring in a few um, high quality players, um, as in like you know, rep players, not uh, just expensive ones. <laughs> No, that's right. <laughs> uh, but some good real leadership and real experience there that can win big games and, and drive that, that younger generation coming through. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I'd hate to see too much change to the Gold Coast as in, like, the Bears come up or anything like that. That'd be, that'd be a shame for the Legion of um, Titan supporters and you know, Gold Coast is a rugby league um, um, stronghold for yeah. us uh, yeah. this game. So I think, yeah... I think hopefully a really, really good experienced coach comes in and a couple of key players and, and they turn things around soon. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, to think this nice young man that we're speaking to on the end of the line was the last player sent from the field in the National Rugby League. You, would, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. Hey, Dave, great career. Congratulations on it. Good luck with what you're doing uh, with the Men of League and your NRL ambassadorship and really appreciate your time on the podcast today. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Time to talk NRL fantasy. We do that with CK1, Chris Kennedy, uh, our NRL fantasy guru. Hello, Chris. How are you guys? Yeah, really well. It's it's last round, 26, round 26, but it's also yep. grand final time, isn't it, in, in fantasy league? How does that work? It's, uh, it's So when you set up your head-to-head league, the default settings have your grand final taking place in round 25, and the reason that it's tailored like that is because we had a few years where a lot of the big guns, you know, you can see type players were getting rested in round 26, so a lot of teams had nothing to play for. They either wrapped up and won a premiership or they're out of the eight or whatever it was. Uh, so in your default settings, uh, if you're in a head-to-head league, it was grand final week last week, but a lot of people I know have actually changed it. I've had a few questions from people about their grand finals this week. So there's still a lot of leagues have their grand final taking place in round 26 and obviously for overall coaches this is your last round of the season try and scrape up those few extra positions as well obviously with the competition wrapping up there has been so many players this year who have kind of emerged as a a real fantasy must-have oh there's been there's been heaps probably the the guy who's really come from from nowhere to be an absolute elite is angus Crichton. he uh, didn't even get picked in round one played a few games off the bench after i think eight or so games mostly off the bench last year um to be averaging almost the most of any player uh, he's in the top few players uh, right across the season. He's just been an absolute gun all year. Um, Jason Tamalolo, who was already good, has gone to the uh, elite level. Um, you know, Nathan Cleary's backed it up. And we've seen a few guys late in the season, like uh, like Cam Murray at South, who uh, we didn't know anything about at the start of the year, and he's come in and put in some big scores. Guys like him and, and Matt Eisenhuth have come in and played some big minutes towards the back end of the season. It could be appealing options to start off next season. Hey, CK, I saw you guys on your show were talking about um, everyone's biggest regrets of the season. What is we your what is your biggest regret? My, uh, I've probably got two. I've got many, but two that really stand out. Just the rugby um, league ones too. <laughs> 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 well, how, how long have we got? <laughs> um, so the number one regret is Joey Leilua. I think about round six <laughs> or round eight. I bought him. 
Um, he had a quietish start to the year, dropped some cash. He absolutely just smashed out two back-to-back 60s, uh, around six-ish, uh, thereabouts. We thought he's back, jump on, he's nice and cheap. I sold Dylan Walker for Joey Leilua. The next two nice. weeks after that, Leilua scored 14 and then four. Uh, Dylan Walker scored 56 and then 84. So I cost myself 120 points in a fortnight by selling Walker for Leilua. And uh, probably the other one was uh, there was a week where you could have bought Callum Ponga or Brad Abbey at the Dogs and Callum Ponga was only looking at playing one or two games because Lachlan Coote was coming back. Uh, Lachlan Coote ended up being a lot more injured than we thought and Callum Ponga made 200 grand and Brad Abbey made no dollars and then disappeared. So that was regrettable also. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Hey, uh, the fatigue factor. Is a, is a thing for players at this time of year. Uh, do yep. fantasy players get it as well, Chris? Yeah, they certainly do, um, but not so much amongst the uh, the elite players. No, I'm, to- I'm talking about know. I'm talking about you. Like I know <laughs> I know how many hours you put into this. Is uh, do you start your eyes going square? And- I'm looking forward to Mad Monday. Let's put it that way. <laughs> just out of interest. Just out of interest. What what do you do, Mad Monday? What do I do? Yeah. Um, we usually grab a few of us uh, long-suffering journo types and, and hit the pub, maybe the you know the Glenmore and the Rocks or um, somewhere in town and just have a, a few quiet ales and reminisce on the season right. that was and the chance to actually get our uh, our weekends back. Yeah, right. You're not challenging for a short period of time. Challenging each other to Minecraft or anything like that. Like that's that to me is an extension <laughs> of, of get together yeah. and have a Dungeons and Dragons day. Or hey, hey, <laughs> hey! Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Hey, Chris, we've got to fly. Appreciate that uh, big week coming up for the NRL Fantasy guys. Uh, Appreciate your input today. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. If you're listening to the podcast, ignore this bit. If you're watching on Facebook right now, though, that's the cover of Big League Magazine for Round 26. And if you were watching on Facebook, by the way, there were 7,215 of you last week, so thank you for that. Cameron Smith's on the cover, so buy that at All Good News Agents. Make sure you do uh, that. Now, before we get into our fearless predictions, having a look back, see how we went. And Yes, I know, big smile on your face, <laughs> Maria. Uh, and what we're going to go for this week, uh, tell us, the permutations around the ladder. Can you explain 25 words or less? Maybe you take more than that. Uh, yes, our analyst, our yes. faithful analyst, has explained this to us this week. Penrith could finish as high as fourth or as low as ninth. Wow. They need to beat Manly to be secure. Right. If they lose, then they can miss the finals if the Cowboys and Dragons both win. Right. For the Cowboys, a victory will get them in. Yep. Um, a loss means they'll be cheering for the Panthers and Bulldogs this weekend. Mm-hmm. And for the Dragons, win you're in, lose you're out. Right. That's and it. So who gets home semis and all that sort of thing still oh, to be decided. Oh, goodness yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's look back at last week's fearless predictions. Uh, I'll go to you first. Pam, <laughs> how'd you go? Terribly. Yeah, right. really bad. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I said James Tedesco would make the most running metres in the competition and he, and he did not, uh, right. not even right. close How to it. How many did he make? He made 109. Right. The highest mm-hmm. running metres was Semi Radradra with 258. Oh, and oh. then Sully Vinavali was close behind with 253. Right. So... So Cameron, uh, Angus Crichton cost Suliasi Vunavalu uh, round high, didn't he? He did. By mowing him down. There yeah. you go. There you go. Uh, what about you, Maria? How did you go last week? I had a fantastic Saturday, guys, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, Will Hopawati, as Will Hopawati, one of Will Hopawati's only supporters, I feel like, this year. Yes. Uh, very proud of the, the young man. Two tries against the Titans. Um, and then Cameron Munster's try was just a complete 
fluke. He was backwards <laughs> and upside down and someone kicked it into his face and he put it down and they, they gave it to him. So I don't care what happened. No. Because I got one. Hooray. Yay. Hooray. I missed out. I said Bulldogs would score more points than anyone else. They were on target early doors because the, the Eels posted like 52. That was going to be uh, always going to be yeah. tough going back <laughs> from that. Was yeah. Just yeah. Watching that unfold was a bit. Didn't matter well, anyway because gonna... Saturday night yeah. the Storm got 64. But yeah. uh, So I missed out by a long way. Uh, so we've got our table here. There it is. Technical as uh, it is. Yes. So um, I tell you what, though, we with this kind of average, every now and again, we get one right. Yeah. So I mean, if you're listening to this, yeah, take some heed because every now and again we do. We well, get one well, right. well, when you say we, you, you mean Jimmy and Maria. So Boo. I'll be next week. Pa- see oh, I see. <laughs> it's a pattern. <laughs> it's like a, a tic tac toe. Yeah. All right. Well, start Ooh. us off then, Pam. You're obviously confident about this week. What is it? I'm not confident, but right. I'm going with another fearless prediction because that's the name of the segment. So, <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> getting down on yourself. Uh, Pick the I person think, who hasn't picked one right yet. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to make the top eight, and I think the Dragons going to miss out. That's my. So, prediction. what's the name of the segment again? Fearless predictions. Mm-hmm. Are, we, are we are we happy that that's fearless enough? Yeah. 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 Well, because for the Cowboys to make, they either have to win, yeah. or they lose, and the and well, the Dragons, the Panthers lose. have yeah. to win. So it's a kind of a, a bit of a pronged. All you're uh, saying guess, is the guess. Bulldogs are going to win against the Dragons. Yeah. You well, don't care whether they, the Cowboys do or don't. But also no, the, the Cowboys Panthers have to win. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. Right. I mean, that's my prediction. Okay, we'll go with that. We're just accepted by the judges. <laughs> Maria? Um, you seemed shocked earlier when I said I think the Bulldogs will win on Sunday. Mm. So I'm going for a Bulldogs win, win and Michael Leisha, who will be playing his last game with the club and needs somewhere to go next year, <laughs> two right. try assists. Two to try assists yes. to Michael. He had 16 runs last week. He did. He also had two try assists last week, but that was against the Titans. Right. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, so it's going to be as easy this They're a good defensive side, the Dragons. Yes. So uh, there you go. So that is brave. Well done. That's fearless, like the segment is named. Mine, um, <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to have a two-pronged attack this time. Jason Taumalolo is going to run for more than 220 metres, more mm-hmm. than two through the middle of that Broncos pack. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the extra leg to that is that Semi Rad Radra, on the back of his four tries last week, will score three tries against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Wow, okay. So yeah. JT, 220 metres and Semi Radradra, uh, three tries. So there I you like go. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, well, Fearless Predictions is the name of the segment, Pam. So that's oh. <laughs> what we go with. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, that's it, guys. Thanks very much for listening in, for uh, watching in on Facebook as well. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Pam. Have a great week. And Thank remember, you. make your weekend a big league weekend. <laughs>